Hello, you're listening to the Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo! We're from the OtakuSpirit.com website. We can go for our anime new and old. Great community in the form of these top social media links on the right side, and all that good stuff. And today we have our first of probably three parts of winter 2018 anime season reviews. The first batch? The first batch. Wow. Is it that time? This is the rocky one. Yeah, I... Yeah, this is I like can't... coming out of everything. Let's let's start doing it. And then we're trying to get caught up because we've been slacking off and... Getting ourselves back in the groove. <laughs> so we gotta, you gotta binge a few episodes and, you know, and then you're going, holy crap, I didn't realize it was this time. I think I did pretty good. But yeah, I, you... I, I think Chris did bad. <laughs> I did horribly. I kept getting dragged back into Xenoblade or Xenogears. One of the two. I, I just know call I it Xenogears. It's a joke now. It's a joke now. <laughs> just keep with it. I know that every time I say it, you end up changing me. So, And then you finally get it right, and then you, you, you correct it wrong. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> but no, I, I, knew that, I knew that Chris was slacking. So I did him a big favor, and I decided to front load this episode with all the shows that I knew that he wasn't watching. So that way, by next episode, hopefully he's caught up on the rest of the stuff, and he can he can join. I don't, in I don't think stuff. I'm doing that bad. Well, bad enough. Bad enough. Bad enough. It, it's bad enough. I, I guess. How I'll, many? I'll, I'll know. How next many week. of the, <laughs> How many of the outside of our combined com, combined shows did you actually watch? None of them. There you go. That's bad. <laughs> you can't say no. That's not that bad. That's just bad. And we had to watch the rest of Death March well, together last night just because you're no, like, oh, I need okay. one more. I only missed two episodes of Death March. I had caught up. That's on still Death two March. episodes. But I, I had caught up. Did I not? I kept Because on, we had to watch it together. I kept on Death March. Because we had to watch it together. I had to, I kept on Death March. That put that put our entire I caught schedule. Up on Takagi-san. That, that entire, sucked. Well, I, I knew I, that was going to happen. That's why I, I easily put on that there. That one was frustrating. I, I can't why believe. Why is it frustrating? Well, because I really, really, really loved that show. And I just, it. Ne- I never got around, couldn't get around to Oh, it. I was thinking like you're talking about the ending. Like, okay, he's upset because it ended or something. Yeah, I am upset it ended. I'm surprised you keep up on it. That was that was one that easily I I kept up on. But uh, yeah, so people know what episode shows we're watching or we talking about this episode. We or we're talking about skill teaser Takaki-san, be the beginning, death march to the parallel world, Rhapsody, Devilman Crybaby, Mitsuboshi Colors, I A I C O Incarnation, a place for the universe, and Kokoku. So yes, we're reviewing the Netflix shows. And we yeah, will be. Re- and we kinda, will. That be- was kind of le- left uh, through from left field, so I wasn't expecting any Netflix ones. So, well, you you are going to be watching Violet Evergarden. Oh yeah. Thankfully, we'll be able to watch that one before we get to I think our second or third episode. So we'll do a review during our winter reviews. Thank you, Netflix, for getting them out pretty quickly, so we can do that. Uh, but yeah, that was that. That's uh, helpful. But yeah, I I'm gonna try my darndest to keep up on these Netflix shows. Thankfully. This is kind of, I'm hoping this is a something they'll keep doing, but the only reason we were able to do this is because Be the Beginning, uh, Devilman Crybaby, and Ico Incarnation, those are technically all shows that they dropped, like, boom, here it is, every bit of it. These aren't like the usual, like, Valet Evergarden and Seven Deadly Sins, where they wait a month after the season ends before they even showed up, so that's the only reason we were able to do this, so hopefully... That's just an ongoing thing, because then we'll be able to keep up on them. And if I run into anything that blows my mind, and I know Chris will like it, I'll definitely be letting him know to watch him. But 
in this case, these three shows, I don't think I know one for a fact he would not care to watch. So as soon as I get a fluffy Moe show, he's going to be on it. I'll make <laughs> sure he's on it. Um, Ico, the incarnation, that was probably the only one that was pretty close to me telling him to watch it. But I don't think that was enough there. But uh, we'll get into that. Let's start with our first one. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm right. really excited about talking about this one. Uh, this one, for some reason, was never translated when it came over here yet. It's uh, Karakai Jozu no Takaki-san, which I think the manga they translated to Skill Teaser to Takaki-san. Uh, this one was streaming on Crunchyroll for 12 episodes. It was done by studio Shin Ii Animation. Uh, the source is a manga. The genres are slice of life, comedy, romance, school, shonen. And this one follows, uh, I guess, Nish- uh, Nishikata. Nishikata is a boy who goes to school, and he is constantly teased by his uh, school neighbor, which is Takagi. And Takagi obviously seems to have some sort of thing about him, and he just thinks that she is out to make his life miserable. Because every time they're in class or whatever, uh, he does something to try to get back at her, and she always ends up kind of reversing it on him and making him scream or something in class and then he gets yelled at by the teacher and everybody laughs at him and then he goes home and does push-ups yep because that's his that's his repentance is he has to go do push-ups that way it strengthens him so he never gets teased by her again but then he gets teased by her again and then he's doing push-ups again so on the other side he will one day get back at her one of these days yes one of these days um it'd probably be the day that they get married that would be the ultimate (laughs) the ultimate break for her and he'll i got it i did it no, it would be bad as if he'd, like, proposed to her and then said not. Oh, God. Ouch. I don't know. They, 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 had, a, they had a fun little episode towards the end. That was, that was a nice little jab. Yeah, it was, it was a nice little I, I don't want but... I don't want to ruin it. It was a, it was a lot of fun. This, this show was... I said it was perfect, but there is one huge flaw in this show. The other three girls. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. I think I think they're a nice refresher every now and then. They they they. It, I I had a habit of whenever they got on, I almost wanted to skip them. It wasn't that I didn't like them. I they were fine. It just they never quite captured that essence of the of what I really really was enjoying about this show, which was uh, Nishikata and and Takagi. They they're they're. Their chemistry was absolutely phenomenal for me. I really, really had a lot of fun. I was smiling, chuckling, um, got the the warm fuzzies here and there. Just I really, really loved those two. The other three just never quite grabbed that essence for me, and 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 it really is a shame because I I the, why that never really quite translated between the two. That I don't know. I I really don't. It is really a weird thing because the the show is essentially a two parter, and I I almost think that the mangaka purposely had created those three characters to be a sort of way of you know taking a break from it. Because in my opinion, the only negative I can probably say about the show is that at some point it gets formulaic. It it seems like every single joke or every single skit kind of opens up with Nishikata doing something stupid. And then Takaki's showing up and him going, oh, crap, did she see it? I don't know if she's seen it or not. And then, like, five minutes later, they end the joke with, yeah, by the way, I've seen it. And then it's... And I almost feel like it gets it gets a little repetitive with that. And I feel like it, it's almost like that trio is a way of kind of breaking away from that. Yeah, technically, all it really is about is them teasing each other. 
and every now and then you kind of need a little bit of a a cute moe uh <laughs> a cool down moment and i think that's what they were kind of most of the time but i do agree with you there was several times where they kind of show up on the screen and it's like i don't really care what they're doing why go back to the other two so yeah i do agree with you to a point but i do kind of see them as being a way of having something besides well oh, no, what, what I... way is she gonna turn around on him this time here we go but at the same time that is kind of the joke and just similar to something like uh uh haven't you heard i'm sakamoto that's the joke and they do it really really well it's just every now and then you feel like have a little fatigue here it kind of feels like the same thing as earlier I agree. I, I agree that the, the three girls are kind of an offset for the other two. But like I said, it never got to that point. It never, I never, I, I never got to the point where I was, I was looking forward to their, their hijinks. They, oh, I never they, look forward to their hijinks. I can admit yeah, that. It, it, it just, it was, it was like, okay, the, the, um, the bringing out the popsicles. Okay. <laughs> the popsicles. And it, it it's like uh, uh, Nishikata and, and and Takagi they can have an entire uh, uh, joke interplay about um, soda the soda machine, and I would absolutely be enthralled with what was going on with whatever they were doing with the soda machine. The other three they have their their popsicle thing, and I could I could care less. They're not I, as cute as Takagi. That's all it, it is. I, it, it's exactly what it is. It's it's all about Takagi. No. <laughs> Um, no, seriously. If Takaki was in that group and <laughs> Mina no, they, was they, after Nishikita, you'd totally be in for that group. No, they they, they did have a, an interaction with Takagi here and there, and I, I, it it didn't didn't work. It's it was no. I did like I did like the other two couple. That was I wish they they I wish they did more of the other two the other couple. Which other couple? They showed them like right at the very beginning. There was other couple that knew. That Takagi was oh, after yeah. Nishikata. Well, no, they brought him brought him in towards the end. There were they yeah, but they only showed like twice in the entire series. They were, they were why wouldn't they? Too. Why yeah, wouldn't they play cute. off of them? Yeah, it, that like they showed they showed up they showed up they showed up when they were at the the swimsuit the swimsuit uh, store try on. Yeah, and they were like kind of like oh yeah, we need to go now. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a great a great scene. I I I do I think it's like they would have probably been a lot better than the three girls. And not bashing the three girls, it's just that. They they had a chemistry there that could have could have been played on, and, and, and it really most for the most part turned into a everybody's romancing and we're not kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, or yeah, really stupid things because Mina is very very ditzy. Uh, but I think the entire show as a whole, getting away from that, is that it 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 nails adolescence, it nails this young love type thing, this teasing between two of these uh, characters very very well. Um, it's and it also kind of mixtures in a little bit of that immaturity because, like, Nishikata will do something that you're like, that is really mean. Thankfully, Takagi, for the most part, doesn't take it to heart too badly because there's a lot of really nasty things that he does to get back at her that she kind of just, it just kind of rolls off of her. Uh, so I don't really think, don't come into this looking for, like, pure, raw, you know, true kind of young love. It does romance it quite a bit it does make it a little bit rosy um for the most part because of how i think accepting takagi is to nishikata's kind of more immature and cruel ways of trying to get back at her it rolls off of her a lot and i think that helps it stay bubbly and refreshing and cute and adorable so uh 
yeah, it, it was it was a, it was a blast to watch, and I definitely loved it. Plus, Takaki-san was voiced by Ria Takahashi, which is so funny because this is like the third show that she's done the Mega Man impression. It's like every character now that she she and it's funny because back when Konosuba first came out, uh, we we often seen like the character uh, skits that they they had the voice actresses and the voice actor of uh, I think it was. Um, uh, the main guy, um, Aqua and Mega Man. I think those three were constantly on variety shows and everything. And she would always show up in her Mega Man outfit. She loved that character, and I never knew how much she loved that character until like every show she's done since then. She's done a moment where she acts like you Mega really Man. Really think that? I, or do you think that it's it, everybody else? Just, You've got to do the Mega Man <laughs> thing because <laughs> it was like what was anime? Anime got thirties. She was a. She was playing a voice act. She was voice acting a role as a character that was basically Mega Man. It was it was hilarious. So and this one, it it was a nice little nod to it. Let's yes. just say that <laughs> she did she did she did the laugh. She did the laugh or the waddy waddy thing. A lot of fun though. And there may be a wind instead of a fireball explosion. <laughs> <laughs> instead of explosion. Yeah, definitely, definitely a cute little show. Uh, and I think if you're looking for something that is kind of love, uh, young love comedy, very, very cutesy, I think it pulls it off. I think there's only one other show this entire season that pulled off better than it. So, but we'll get into that eventually. Yeah. Anything else? Nope. All right. Uh, Still let's almost jump. Perfect. Yeah. Let's jump almost. into uh, almost. <laughs> just, just didn't have those other characters. Be the beginning. This one was streaming on Netflix. This one went, ran for 12 episodes. Uh, it was an original series done by Production IG. These genres are... Art. Yeah, yeah. Genres are action, sci-fi, mystery, police, psychological thriller. And this one follows uh, Keith Flick for the most part. He kind of shows up at this one precinct, which is a group of people that, you know, solve crimes and whatnot. And there's there's a lot of criminal... Or a lot of... Uh, things that are happening in the local area. One main thing being is this uh, killer named Killer B. And Killer B is known for killing bad people <laughs> and then leaving his kind of calling card on objects, which is like a, a B and a couple of slashes. And so they're trying to find this Killer B because, you know, with all vigilantes, the cops have to find that vigilante even though they're stopping the really bad, nasty people. I mean, like, right, right at the very beginning, you have, it almost looks like these characters are doing kind of a human hunt. They're trying to hunt down this girl as they, that they let loose, and he shows up and, and takes him out and leaves his calling card. So anyways, Keith Flick has showed up at this precinct, and he's he's known as this guy that's really, really brilliant. He has cracked, he, at like the age of nine or something like that, he cracked this really difficult code, and uh, he's coming in there to help them find this killer bee. And so you, as it's kind of progressing, you're kind of seeing... The interesting thing about this entire story is it's it's kind of telling two stories at the same time. On one side, it is Keith Flick with this precinct as they're trying to find Killer B, trying to find out what's happening with these killings. On the other half, it's kind of a kids in a in a research facility kind of thing. Like, oh, here's these kids that they were all from they were when they were really young, they were in this research facility that were kind of molding uh basically breeding gods almost like and they all have kind of weird abilities they all have kind of side effects to themselves and they were all being built by the government to for this one purpose i'm gonna assume those are the random artwork characters (laughs) stop making fun of the pictures on there (laughs) um 
But yeah, it, and that's, I think, where I first start off with my critique and my, uh, my praise is I think when this show was crime drama action type stuff, suspense drama crime reality area of it, I really liked it. I think Keith Flick was cool. I liked, I loved Lily. She was kind of a ditzy but also brilliant at the same time character, always kind of uh, throwing people off how smart she was actually was. Uh, Kayla, she was their hacker girl. She was really, really cool. I mean, all these characters on the side of, you know, the crime so uh, stoppers was really cool. I love them. Uh, getting into, you know, the inside job and the. Uh, taking down something that kind of is above their pay grade. That kind of stuff was really, really cool. A lot of suspense. I was at the edge of my seat whenever certain characters were put in danger. I love that. And then it would flip to the other side where it was the, you know, the kids that were from the research in, uh, facility and their magical powers and characters flying around and, and, and shooting stuff at each other. Didn't care much for it. I mean, it, it came to a pretty cool climax with that story towards the later parts of it. And it left me with the hook for possible future seasons was from that side of it, which I was intrigued by. But for the most part, my love for it was the other half, which was the crime, which thankfully was probably 75% of the show was Keith Flick and the rest of the team trying to figure out what the hell's going on with these superpowered people. Uh, and so that was the, that was kind of where my full enjoyment came out of it. It just kind of was... It got to a point where it was like, oh, crap, we're doing this. No, why are we doing this? But it ends up hedging out at the end. I will say, though, besides, I don't know if he's actually critiquing or if he's just kind of intrigued by it. I did love the character designs. Um, overall, I loved all the character designs. Um, I especially liked uh, Izanami, which was one of the first people that uh, you kind of seen uh, the Killer B go against. Uh, he, she was really, really cool. <laughs> Well, uh, Yuna was really, 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 really gorgeous. I liked all, I mean, even Quinn, which was kind of a little bit weird and punky, really liked that design. So I think besides some people like Boris, I loved every single one of the character designs. It was definitely a unique design to them. And I hope I see more of his works in the future. No, I, I wasn't wasn't bashing them. I was saying that it's interesting because it, you, you get very this, contrasting, yeah, very contrasting. <laughs> I, it, it's, it's. It's Keith. I, I, Keith looks really cool. I, and going through each one of these characters, they they all look very interesting. And 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 then you get to the second row, which, it, 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 for lack of a better term, Andrew's got this one group up at the top, which is kind. Of, I'm I'm guessing is the main cast of the main group, which is Keith Flick, Lily, Koku, um, Kayla. And Mario, and then then he got the second list, which is I'm guessing, like I said, the the group that uh, is uh, the the research facility kids, which I was guessing based on the idea of you've got this really kind of, and when I say boring, I mean it boring in the respect of normal. contrasted again. Yeah, they're normal compared to this other group, which is very colorful, um, very gothic. Um, which is is a style that I really like. So it's it, it's it's something that draws my eyes to them very quickly. It's kind of like a kind of like a a clown, not really it's like full blown clown goofy. It's just kind of like a clown, edgy clown. I guess is yeah, the best way to put marionette it. Marionette type, right? Yeah, and uh, I and I really really like that. I mean, the first moment they showed up on the screen, I was like, wow, these. And it was almost like one of those moments where we talk about the joke about the round table 
moment of the, of a show where the first episode also out of nowhere there's a round table like 50 characters and they're all talking about what they're <laughs> gonna do and you're like oh crap i'm not gonna remember any of these people <laughs> um it had a moment like that but i was like i was more thinking about wow that character looks kind of cool <laughs> i like <laughs> i like the designs you know looks really really cute and i wow I, I i'm stuck on this what but then it's like it sucks because that ends up being the one part that i'm like didn't really care too much about the crime drama aspect was the most cool part about it which is funny because that would be when I was going into the show, I thought that the, this entire show was going to be crime drama. And I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to really feel this. Is this going to be like, you know, the perfect insider where it kind of just gets a little boring, uh, talky, but it ends up being like really, really cool. So and I, I think that was kind of doing part by just making me uh, gradually and comfortably start to like these characters. Like, like I said before, Lily is kind of a goofball, and but she kind of impresses people by how smart she actually is. And then to kind of get attached to her and a couple of the other characters and then have them into a situation where they're stuck in a building and it's going to get gassed. And I'm like, wow, I really don't want these characters hurt. To be able to pull that off was like, that's something I don't really get often with uh, something that's kind of a serious crime drama. So it was funny because when I, I think I ended up walking in while you were watching this at some point and, and I had seen the 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 guy looking at a big old scar in the wall and and I was like, Ooh, I'm it, it 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 there was something about the uh the, the aesthetic card. the aesthetic that that was very very appealing and I was like well I'm going to assume this is probably one of those shows that I wouldn't care for so I'm guessing Andrew will let me know if I should watch it or not later <laughs> Thank, thankfully he didn't see the other part of that room which was pretty much a bunch of people sitting in their their uh couches with their heads chopped off and their heads are sitting on the table in front of them <laughs> Uh, that is one thing to tell you. This show is uh, has a lot of depiction of murder and the aftermath of murder. Very violent type show. I mean, one of the first guys that gets taken out in the series uh, gets a knife shoved through his 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 chin and up through it. So it's like it's it's very graphical in that regard. So keep that in mind going into it. Uh, but yeah, it does have some really uh, really cool action scenes. Now it does have a problem with uh, vehicles. The CG on the vehicles is kind of off-putting, but outside of that, like, the action scenes are just top-notch. I mean, I think a lot of people that I've seen that were talking about the show, even though they were critiquing the show itself and the story, they acknowledged the action. The action is top-notch. I remember the fight with the Izanami. They did this cool little thing where they... You know, you have characters that fight really, really fast, and it's usually... And they're just ching, 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 and you, you can't even see them because they're just lines. Mm-hmm. This one depicts it by showing the rain, like, almost coming to a standstill, but they're still fighting at each other. It's just, like, really cool. The, their, their, their sword is literally cutting through the, the rain because they're going so fast. Kind of stuff. And it was really cool how it was kind of jumping back and forth between they're really, really fast, and it comes to their speed, and everything else is slow because they're going so fast. Uh a lot of the action scenes were really, really cool. I, I definitely liked. Plus, a lot of the action scenes involving certain characters plays really well with the um, almost like a diehard kind of comedy, where even though it's really serious, there's something bad happening. It has kind of that casual uh, humor thrown in there that I really appreciate as well. So, which that also helps me appreciate the characters more in the end as well. So, it just does a lot of things really, really good. It's just it has this one. Stain, which is the whole child dark, research thing. Dark comedy or snark? Um, more just 
chaos is happening. The characters are panicking and they're screaming goofy or whatever or running away from the situation, uh, making a comment really quickly kind of thing. Not really so much dark in nature, just more of a uh, it's happening and they do crack a joke here and there, but it's not stupid, goofy kind of laugh. I, I don't know how to explain it. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I just it the best way that I can describe it is like a Die Hard. It has a similar thing as Die Hard. Yeah, Die, die Hard had kind of the snark and the dark humor. Yeah, mostly there. dark. Yeah. Um, the other cool thing I like that I don't want to forget about is uh, the typography that they kind of have throughout the show, which I think it, technically the term is typography, but it is basically where. As the character, Keith Flick, and especially every now and then with Lily, it's the same, but uh, every time he's deciphering things because he's got a really brilliant mind to him, it'll often show what he's deciphering on the screen as text. And it often kind of, the text is kind of scrolling on the screen and it's kind of typing out or it's shifting. Uh, certain things are kind of flipping and it's showing how his mind is unraveling the code. And Though half the time I can't see it because I'm too busy reading the subtitles or whatever, I think it's really, really cool the way they kind of laid it out. I, I remember there was a certain part towards the later segments where it showed him unraveling a certain code, and I was watching it. I was like, well, that's actually really cool the way they are portraying that uh, basically decryption that he's doing um, throughout this series. So I think I covered everything. <laughs> Um, but like I said, even though I did not like the aspect of bringing in the kid lab thing, I think there was some cool things they did with it in the end because there was this whole element of uh, power bar- borrowing, I guess is the best way to put it. That was really cool because it was almost like a baton toss kind of thing that they were doing with it and how they were kind of linking that in with uh, something that might come in with a second season if they ever do it um, intrigued me. So I definitely would love to see more of these characters. And um, even if they do have that on the side with it, because it was kind of nice to have that, you know, let's let's take it away from the usual cop drama slowness and let's just throw on a quick action scene because they're really cool action scenes. Um, and every now and then when they kind of uh, mix the two of them together, it was was pretty frantic. So I think the show had a lot to offer. And I think if you're OK with the kid research drama stuff, I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it if you're looking for a cool cop drama. Hopefully somebody out there got some sort of <laughs> conclusion from my thoughts on that because I'm a little over the all over the place with it, uh, which I think I'm, I am with most of the Netflix shows. I think I think it's pretty much you're implying it was a pretty good good show. Yeah, visually it looked great though. I think it was a, a solid visually show. So I think one of the better ones this season. Um, that is not for Chris if you're not looking for artsy and whatnot. Brutal show. So. Pretty brutal. Not as brutal as the the one after this next one, so. <laughs> the next one's not brutal, though. No, not at all. Death March to the Parallel World Rhapsody, Rhapsody or Death March Kara Hajimaru Isekai Kosoku-ku. Kosoku-ku. My gosh, that's a long word. This one's streamed on Crunchyroll, ran for 12 episodes, uh, was done by Silver uh, Studio, Studio Silverlink and uh, Connect. The source is a light novel. The genres are fantasy, and you can probably throw comedy in there as well. Magic. Stuff like that. But yeah. This one follows a guy who's a 29-year-old programmer. Yes, that's right. I don't know if you remember, but way back, like three months ago, this guy was a programmer. (laughs) Rarely ever talked about after that. Um, This is kind of one of those shows where it kind of opens up of like, ooh, this guy is a sekai, and he's he's being thrown in this other world, and it's like... 
every now and then it might reference it. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyways, he's he's a he's a programmer and he works on getting rid of bugs out of different MMOs and at some point he's doing what they call a death march, which is where they do a lot of programming late at night for long periods of time. And he takes a nap underneath his desk and he wakes up and he's in another world and immediately sees a gigantic army of lizardmen coming towards him. And he casts he looks at his abilities and there's this one ability that looks like it's not supposed to be there. <laughs> It's a very overpowered uh, meteor ability. I think it was something that they had put into the code just before he got, he, he, well, not died. He, he transferred. Let's just put it that way. I mean, I I was, I think I was assuming that it was one of those kind of uh, cheat abilities that a God, like a, like a GM would have just to kind of correct something (laughs) just because I can. Uh, But yeah, he uses that ability and it wipes out this entire army of horribly CGI lizard people. And he like, it power levels him like like he has tons of skill points and everything and tons of equipment Gold that got thrown in his bag. Yeah. I mean, he he's basically maxed out right off the bat. Uh, his character is actually like a 15 year old looking character uh, and he goes off. He's like, OK, th- he's not quite sure why he's here. Um, there's no way of getting out of it. So he kind of just, OK, let's let's just go. Let's see it. what's in here. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of travels around uh, quickly meets Zena, uh, who's being attacked by a dragon, saves her life. Uh, goes into town, uh, splits up from her, finds some slave girls that are being beaten around, rescues them, goes into a labyrinth with them, fights this nasty CGI ugly looking eyed monster thing. <laughs> uh, kind of, I guess the best way I could put this show or this show as being in a synopsis into a nutshell is basically Isekai build slave girl harem pretty cool guy the animation <laughs> i guess is the best way to put it because it seemed like really quickly after he picked up these uh pochi tama and lisa who are all three slaves kind of helps them get out of their situation uh he immediately meets uh what was the other girl uh, arisa and lulu they were slaves he buys them up brings them into his little group and it kind of continuously goes like that route uh, Nana technically was a slave, like a homunculi anyways, but uh, it's like he's building up this harem, but don't, don't immediately turn us off or skip ahead because you're like, oh crap, I don't want this. I enjoyed the show, and I, I, the best way I can really describe my enjoyment of the show is, I, I think it looks not that great. It moves. Um, it's very off-model a lot. The CGI, when I use it, it's bad. I don't really care too much about a lot of the visual choices, like the blurred, uh, the screen when it blurs up whenever he's thinking about something, or the UI with the titles constantly flying in on the screen. I liked the more of the party building that it's doing, the more of the item manipulation that he's doing, the kind of experimenting he's doing with the world itself. Uh, and he seems, like I said earlier, like a cool guy. Like, he's not after these girls. He's, it's, it's, he's, even though it does kind of put him into, I'd probably say throughout the entire series, two, maybe three, if I'm forgetting one, scenarios where I'm like, yeah, I can kind of, that's kind of one of those moments where I can't recommend this show to a lot of people because you can draw a lot from that. Like, he gets this kind of sugary substance on his hands, and Pochi and Tama, who look very young, do their cat and puppy thing where they're kind of licking it off his hand. You could probably draw that as being inappropriate. Uh, 
one of the girls that he he helps save is the character the the person herself it's kind of like i guess to put it the simplest it's it's kind of one of those vampire kind of things like where the character is younger than they actually are they look younger than they actually are and that character is after sato but he doesn't want it and i like how he's constantly like he he gets these two slaves and the two slaves are they're used to being used by men as being uh they're slaves they're pleasure uh pleasure slaves and so they immediately think that sato wants that but sato is like no, put some clothes on. He kind of turns away. He's, it's very respectful how he responds to that. And I kind of want to give it credit for doing that. But then at the same time, in the next scene, he wakes up and he's being, uh, he's got a seduce spell on himself. And it's messing with him in order to force him to do something. Again, he doesn't do it. And I can, I'm, I like how it plays it out, but I can see everybody else not appreciating that. So I'm mixed on it. I, I, I There's a lot of this show that I really like. And I was surprised how much i was intrigued by it especially how he manipulates abilities he's manipulating the world items um how he's building his party and how he kind of um commands each one of the party members to kind of do certain things that will help them benefit them and help them to a goal and those were all things that i really liked it was like a it was like a party building thing but at the same time there's a lot of aspects to it that were kind of like yeah, there was really no point to this. I, I mean, especially the first few episodes. I was there was several points in it that I really didn't care. There was a whole segment of him going around the town that I was just bored with. So it's a really a mixed bag. In the end, I don't think there's really anything special about this show. Nothing special comes from it. I'll probably never recommend it to somebody. But there was tidbits in it that I really did enjoy. If, for me, I think that this show really had a rough start. Um, I had a really really hard time getting into this, but. Once it got its kind of footing, I I actually ended up enjoying myself through through the vast majority of the show. I I want to say it was about three three episodes. It was pretty much that entire first arc where he got into there and he did the little labyrinth thing. After that, he was done with the labyrinth. I pretty much had fun through the rest of the show. It it felt like that was its kind of starting point. The second which- labyrinth episode, I think, is where. It- grab me because that was when he was really like okay pochi you're doing this tama you're doing this lisa you're gonna be up here you're gonna be doing this that's where he's like setting up his party right and that it was about it about that point that it really became something that i was very much enjoying um it it felt like it was kind of a mix between um trying to uh find it uh find its uh harem thing going on in an isekai world which you, so it's kind of like sword our line our line the sword art wow sword art line sword art online sword art online uh meets um you need to be the, you need to be the guy that announces the game when it opens up <laughs> kind of mixed with almost a spice and wolf i don't want to say spice and wolf um Maybe more Mayu. Um, it, it it's kind of doing a, an economy thing, uh, item manipulation. Definitely doing a lot of that, and it does have this feel of trying to build itself into this type of show, um, and or story. And that's that's interesting kind of direction for it to push for. And I I really applaud it for that. And I really, really, I'm, I really want to see more of this show. I I think it has something here that is worth, worth uh, getting into. 
I think it's, it's, it's I think that's the frustrating thing about it because I I do agree with you because I think you were saying Spice and Wolf before and I was like, yeah, but I want to be very careful about saying Spice and Wolf because it's very it's very entry level if anything right in that kind of feel. Uh, Mayu, I definitely connect with a lot more with it just because it is a lot more uh, lightweight than Spice and Wolf was the economy and stuff. Well, but, but it does have a lot of that stuff in there. It does have, okay, well, we need this particular item, uh, but you need to put it in this vial because the vial pre- prevents it from going bad. Well, if I put it in my, my inventory thing here, it'll save it from being going bad. And then we can wait until we get to this point and we can transfer it out of that box and go into, and it's like, I like that because I understand what it's talking about and it's really cool. And the the only problem that I have with with saying Mayu over over uh, Spice and Wolf because it, it's really really hard to kind of peg down exactly what this is because that's Andrew's what I like right. about it though is it's, it's doing something it's doing different. its own thing yeah yeah it, it, and and but at the same time it's it's trying to describe what it is that this show is trying to do is is kind of important because. It's not it's not Spice and Wolf where it, it it's a guy who's going out he's buying this and then he's selling this at the next town. It feels like it wants to do something similar to that. But at the same time it's not Mayu where it's more high level and and talking about cities governments. trading yeah, governments doing all. It's not that in any way shape or form, but it does have the um getting into the actual talking about um how how things work in the world and how to best use that to um, get uh, an economy going or something like that. In particular, Sato's personal economy, but yeah. <laughs> you get I guess point. I think that's the frustrating thing most about it is that this is like a primary example of one of those shows where we go, yeah, if you just go into it and watch the first episode, you're probably going to go, yeah, not this isn't happening. This isn't going to take any of my time, throw it out. This is one of those prime examples that when we watch it, we go, "Oh, but there's this one aspect of it, and I wonder if they're gonna if they're gonna go after it because they could possibly do something with this." And so we're watching it, and we're going, "This is that one element, the party building and the item manipulation. That is the part that I'm like, that's not in most isekai shows. That's not in most of these type of harem isekai shows. What can they do with this? This is obviously what made." the Death March light novel be successful because this is the one thing that sets it apart from the rest. So what what do they do here that is so fascinating? And that's that's what <laughs> I'm thinking you're on the same page as me. I go after and I want to know, is it going to do something? And I think it does do a bit of it. And I think that's where I'm on the same page as you. I, want, I almost want more of it just because I want to see if it does continue to do this and if it does get deeper and deeper into this kind of element. Because there was a... And, it, oh, it yeah, did. cute girls. <laughs> yeah, if it stayed on model, I, I, I think. I think well, no, it's it's one of those things. It's like it's like but really I'm not, cool yeah. stuff, and then cute girls. <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. Yeah, every time that Tama and Pochi say something really goofy and then yell "Nanadasu" or whatever, I'm not completely smiling. Uh, every time Lisa, who seems like she's always stone and stoic wax her tail and he notes it <laughs> is not way cute or nana who is uh well, well no it, i recognize I, her I, voice i forget who it was the the my my point was is or what, aoyuki is arisa yelling about everything yeah what what why point, are you going out to them and and sleeping with them when you have an entire harem here <laughs> because he's not touching the harem let's appreciate that what what my point is is that we got this really really cool thing that we that that we're really interested in 
And then on top of that is the cute harem girls, which that's the fun fun of it is you have this really fun thing here. And then you have, oh yeah, by the way, there's cute girls to, to kind of make it more, uh, how, do, how does the best way to put that? It's just so, kind of like the, the, the icing on the top of the cake. It's like, you've got the cake here and then you have the icing on it. And it, and if you if you come at it from the angle of oh well this is just a harem with a bunch of girls and and isekai you're never going to get to the f- fun part of the story which that and that's the frustrating thing is everybody will get stuck on um, Arisa's uh, uh, night with uh, Sato and they won't watch the rest of the show or changing Nana's foundation changing Nana's. Foundation well, that, that was that was later on in the show. I, I don't think that was like the, that was the, that was like the only episode. That was like the only two kind of naughty scenes in the entire thing. For the most part, he, as a twenty-nine-year-old programmer in the mind of this body, did not want any of these girls. He had no interest in them whatsoever. They're just there to be cute, and he's saving them. And I think it is there for a purpose. They are cute. They are adorable. They want to. And Arisa is constantly. They play off the joke of her wanting to. Uh, bag him, but it's like it's not the forefront. That that is not the focus of it. It's really kind of they're there to be just cute, and that's fine in my opinion. Um, I I didn't admit it, but uh, I got a kick out of it. Even though we did talk about the fact that it kind of leaves the fact that he's a twenty nine year old programmer way back there, it does hit on why he's there a little bit. And I think that's probably something they'll get into way later in the the light novel. But I was a little bit intrigued to learn about two other people that were possibly in the same boat as him and the kind of the idea behind that world and why he's there. They kind of hinted at it a little bit, and you usually don't get really any of that in these light novel adaptations of, of Isekai's, so that was pretty cool. I think Arisa and, and, and Mia were by far the the highlights of the show for me. I just, Pochi, Tama, and Lisa just barely got there for me they just they just they were cute little they trio. were cute at the beginning and then they just kind of were as a side i think that's probably more a because they're not a consequence <laughs> it's a well it's 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 a consequence of of the um the 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 characters and their um their personality tra- 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 traits or archetypes and the, the ones that stand out the most tend to be the more obnoxious characters and I never got really much out of Mia. She was like the quietest out of all of them. So I'm not sure where you're going with that one. Her her humor was the the stoic. um, Well, it her humor works for me. So yeah, yeah. I I got a kick. I I got most of my kick out of just how he was utilizing Lisa and Pochi and Tama. They they were basically his attackers. So even though Arisa was way overpowered, yeah, she was. Yeah, a lot of fun. Hopefully that talked on that one a lot longer than we figured we would. It's always the weird ones that I think the thing that drives me to talk about most shows like that is just because I know nobody else in the entire world of anime is going to talk about it. So you might as well get it from us a little bit extra, a little bit extra because you're going to hear everybody talk about Devilman Crybaby. They probably already talked to it to death by the time I got to it. So, yeah, next one is Devilman Crybaby. This one streamed on Netflix, ran for 10 episodes, uh, done by Science Saru as a studio. And the source, of course, is a very old manga. And the genres are action, demon, horror, supernatural. And this is basically a, a re reimagining of the Devilman story. Um, I know that there's been several adaptations of this one, and this one kind of has a different take in certain characters and what they do. And uh, they added a few new characters, but 
I don't remember really anything about Devilman from back in the day, oh, so man, I apologize. It's but so long ago when yeah, I watched it, that's basically the problem. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I jumped in this. I knew I knew what this was. I know what Devilman is. I know it's just like just pure uh, sex, violence, blood, guts, demons, uh, biblical references, all kind of jumbled up in one. I don't apologize. Bucket of of vomit. But <laughs> um, it basically follows Akira, who Akira has a friend from his childhood named Ryo. And at some point, they kind of get separated. Akira goes and lives with this, uh, the family of Mika. Mika is a friend of her, uh, of his, and their family is very uh, Bible Belt almost. And he's living with them, and they're taking care of him. And at some point, Ryo shows back up, and Ryo says, "Hey, Akira, I need you to come with me." And he talk- tells Akira about the fact that he went off to some uh, way African jungle with a professor, and that professor suddenly went crazy talking about how he's going to change into a demon, poured gasoline on himself, lit himself on fire before he could change into a, a, de- a devil, and and then uh, Ryo had to kill him. And so he's... Ryo's got into his head that everybody has this potential of... Uh, that everybody has a demon that could possibly be in them, and he wants to release them. So he brings Akira to this club. He says it's like the Sabbath place, the Sabbath party where demons kind of gather to consume humans and he starts kind of running around and stabbing people and he gets all this anger kind of flaring up in the room and then suddenly people start turning into demons and they all start slaughter- slaughtering each other and all in hopes it seems like Ryo has this hope for Akira to turn into one of these as well and Akira ends up I guess being possessed by this demon called Amon and turns into a devil man and just destroys everything and so from then on Ryo and Akira are kind of, uh, you know, school life during the day. And then at night, uh, it's Akira and Ryo going out to find demons and having Akira kill them as the devil man. Because he's this rare case of a person possessed by a demon, but still retaining his human heart. So that's kind of the gist going into it. And of course, through this transformation, Akira kind of turns from being this wuss to being like this really cool dashing guy that's really athletic, which he wasn't before. The only thing he really kind of retains from him his his old self is his memories and the fact that he is, as the title would suggest, a crybaby. <laughs> so he cries a lot about things. But I guess that's kind of the, the point. He has this human emotion that is a little bit more heavier than most people. Um, but yeah. At the same time, there's kind of some side stories. You have several of the characters. as like this little group of uh, rappers who go around rapping stuff. Uh, there's Miki, who is his childhood friend, who uh, is athletic and does running. There's Miko, who is a friend of Mika- Miki's, who kind of finds her as a rival, uh, but also kind of hates her for how everybody calls her Miki as well. She can't kind of get out of Miki's shadow. Um, but yeah. Mixing there is tons of nudity, sex, beheadings, demons, blood, guts, everything. So, yeah. <sighs> okay, I am probably going to get a lot of hate because I'm probably going to be the only person out there that says anything negative about this show because it seems like this is one of those things you're not supposed to touch with negativity. So, um, I enjoyed it for the most part, but at the same time, there was a lot of it that I hated. Um, I did not like the style at all. Um, I hated how the style constantly changed. I hate how the uh, character models were constantly looked 
it kind of jumps back and forth between really stylish and cool with some really cool direction and art and angle to the characters. Uh, scene composition, all that kind of stuff was really cool in a lot of the scenes. And then there's like the other half, which is like Saturday morning G.I. Joe cartoons quality crap. I mean, it looks bad. Uh, the characters look way too simple. They look wobbly. Uh, in one shot, you'll see Mickey and her her stomach is showing, and she's got like some crazy rock hard six pack abs. And the next second second, she is completely flat, and it looks plain. I don't know. It, it's like the style constantly shifts back and forth between overly plain and semi stylized and detailed. Uh, a lot of the demon fights are very cartoonish and just plain i guess i don't know um i think the only thing that saving grace to it i mean because it is a devil man story so it is kind of just depressing it, it really is just a very basic story of what's worse the demons or the humans um that humans can be just as dark and disgusting as demons are uh the fight between morals um the fact of of, of that can humans be good people or not uh those kind of things are just kind of heavy throughout the entire thing. It's, it's constantly, no, we can't do this because the humans are good or no, you, you don't have to kill them all. Cause they could be good devil men too. And no, let's not do this. This is too bad. Or no, you can't do this because that's morally wrong. It's just, it constantly plays with the moral boundaries over and over again. Very simplistic, uh, simplistic moral boundaries. Uh, I think the only good writing kind of mixed in there was probably, uh, the athlete Coda, um, Miko, uh, Miki, those three characters were probably the only characters that had some really cool story to them because it was Miki and Miko was a rivalry. Uh, Miko kind of coming out of her shadow and being her own person and beautiful as it was. Um, Koda had like an episode to him. I, I'm not going to say it was a great story, but uh, the rappers surprised me. I, I ended up liking them a lot more than I originally did. So there's what some cool stories mixed in there, but in the end, it's just, it's a lot of who's worse, the demons or humans thing. Was it at least kind of playing with gray areas or was it just the morally, this is, you, you say well, it was Akira simple. was the gray area really is what it is. He wasn't totally pure, but at the same time, he wasn't evil at the same time. So right. he was so the everybody devil. Everybody else was pretty much black and white. It's, right. it's obvious right. this is good and this is evil. And a lot, of, a lot of them bounce back and forth, but for the most part, it's they're evil. They're evil or they're good. Constantly back and forth. See, okay, suddenly Miko's being good. That, I mean, if, you, if you're going to do something like this, the best way, in my opinion, is if you were to actually place two morally greys and say, which is the kind of more evil? And then and then kind of toy with it there. Is, and, and that's where you're, you're really going to get your best essence of what this kind of show should be de de delving into is 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 the devil himself evil versus um kind of hitler i mean which one is eviler you know i mean play with that area not not saying bring hitler back and play with hitler i'm saying use that as a way oh, to you can, you can use that u-haul <laughs> <laughs> that island u-haul no i think I think it eventually kind of does something with it. I think I think it just takes too long because for the most part, the the very beginning episodes, a lot of it's just kind of go out, kill the bad guy, and then come back in, and go out and kill the bad guy, and come back in. And 
it kind of towards the later parts, about the only thing it really does with it is that it kind of gets to the point where it's so chaotic, you don't really know who to vote, who to kind of root for anymore. Yeah, because it's like, for? <laughs> who to vote for? Do you vote for the demons or do you vote for the humans to live in the end? I, I, I guess it's really the thing. So it, but at that point, I'm, I'm so uninvested because it's, it's pretty much, you know, it's a devil man story. So it's kind of, I, I guess I don't really want, I don't want to say because it's a devil man story, I'm going to spoil things, but it gets to the point where you just really don't care anymore just because uh, all bets are off, I guess, the best way to put it. And I don't know. By the, by the last episode, I was like, I don't really don't care where this is going because it's it's gone too far that you don't really care anymore. But apparently there's more to it. So I have never really kind of looked into that far or at least that I remember. So if you're looking for crazy violence, sex, nudity, no holes bar definitely go check it out i th- like i said well, i think I half the time it has some, being. yeah i think half the time it does have a cool style to it i think just the other half was just off putting and in the end it doesn't really do anything that's satisfying so it is but at the same time i do appreciate it for the fact that it kind of does what you don't expect it to do i mean it is not it's not rosy in the end and i give it credit for that which i think that's something that i probably always give him credit for so Let's go to Rosie then. Let's do it. <laughs> Just Mitsuboshi Colors. Uh, Mitsuboshi Colors, this one streamed on High Dive. It's streamed for 12 episodes, done by Studio Silverlink. The source is a manga, and the genres are slice of life comedy and shonen. And this one follows the colors, which is Yui, Sachan, and Kotoha. as three girls who live in the big, bustling city, uh, and they have a club room that's in kind of, I, I guess, a park. <laughs> I think it's hidden think it in the park. It's somewhere in a, or a really big park. It's quote unquote hidden in the park. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very good point. Nobody's supposed to know where the clubhouse is. I think at some point they got a big old controversy of somebody knowing where it's at. Uh, but yeah, they just kind of... Their goal as the colors is that they go out and keep peace in the town. Save the people of the town. And quote they solve... Quote keep the peace. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing a good job of it, Chris. Yes, they are. And they saw different cases that usually Oyaji Oyaji gives them to kind of solve uh, big problems of the city. And uh, then they go back to the club room and talk about how boring it is. And then they go back out and they do another case. Yeah. So you have Yui, who is kind of the... Uh, they, they claim is she's going to be a replaced straight man of the, the team. <laughs> Um, so she's soon to be retired straight man of the team. Uh, Satchan, who is kind of the hyper ganky, likes to call poop inside of stores all the time. Kid who has a really adorable, goofy laugh. And then Kotoha, who plays video games a lot, even though she sucks. Spoilers. <laughs> she sucks at games. <laughs> that was like the funniest part of the entire series. It was like, by the way, you suck. And she's like, what? <laughs> you're always stuck on the first low. <laughs> what was it? They, you're, they were talking about weaknesses or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's basically the gist of it is them solving crime or solving cases and just being kids goofy and whatnot. I want to say this. I think the thing that drew me to the show before we get really into anything, I'll pass off to Chris. I think before we get into anything, uh, what drew me to the show was the art style on the cover sheet or the key art looked a lot like uh, Strawberry Marshmallow. And I love Strawberry Marshmallow. But the thing about Strawberry Marshmallow is it's one of those ones that you're kind of afraid of who you recommend it to because it is so 
on the nose about kind of playing with the innocence of those characters. So you'll have like the older sister who who basically teases the girls because they're innocent, but in actuality it's kind of a little bit on the edge of being a little bit inappropriate. And so that's what kind of makes it difficult to recommend. This one, on the other hand, is 100% from beginning to end pure, innocent, goofy little kids running around getting into chaos. And I love it for that. I think this is probably uh, the closest you can really get to just watching kids be goofy kids. And I appreciate that because who doesn't like to watch kids be goofy and just be stuck in their own imagination being the crime stoppers of the town and causing havoc. Uh, I appreciate that and I love it to death. And yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard to kind of capture the essence of how do you, how do you, because I, I had this, this, this thing that I wanted to say and I, I completely forgot what it is, but the essence of this show is these these three girls in their own little world and it is absolutely wonderfully done it, i like they how just, they portray the very one of the very last scenes is they have them dragging these these uh this this yeah. bed all the way through the town and they place it down and they lay inside of it and the way that the show is showing it to you is really close to them and it's showing the them dragging this and it's showing them take their shoes off and it's showing them sliding the bed and then the camera it jumps out and you see all these people walking by and watching them. Like, why are they laying down in the middle of the town? <laughs> it, 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 and, and it, 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 one of the best ways to describe it is, is to see one of the scenes where Saito is in it. Saito is, is, is kind of the, he's the jerk. <laughs> he's the, um, the, the, park security guard for lack of a better term i i I think he's actually a police officer who is just assigned to the um to the the park police there's a police box that's right park and these girls it it's kind of this funny contrast between these girls who are the quote-unquote ones who are keeping the peace and them antagonizing Saito, which he does the same thing back to them so don't 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 think this isn't a two-way street they they antagonize him who is the quote unquote actual police officer of this area and that is the essence of this show is these three girls in their own world they believe they are doing this the keep, keeping the peace in this this kind of precinct for a lack of a better term it's usually generally uh around this park and i think the shopping di- district next to it is really kind of their area and they're doing their thing and everybody is either contributing to it or kind of playing into it or um, ignoring them or just they are the ones that are kind of the quote unquote antagonists of their own little story. It, it's just so well done. I've, and who cares what it is that they're doing? They're just doing it. And you just want to see what their little hijinks are. And it is all hijinks. And I love how they did did it on the show. Yeah, in one case, it's like, okay, Oyaji has this thing they have to decrypt. And Oyaji likes to just kind of give them these goofy little things to kind of mess with. Or, Oyaji is a total uh, con. <laughs> give them, like, a toy bazooka, and they think it's real, and they go after Saito with it. Because, obviously, if they had somebody to shoot with a bazooka, it would obviously be Saito, who is their... Their sworn enemy. Uh, I think it's funny because at some point I think they kind of mentioned the idea that don't worry, Saito, we we managed to you know 
keep the the area safe you you kind of con artist or whatever <laughs> Uh, so it's like a mixture of them solving cases or messing with something that Oyashi gives them or just doing just a random thing in the middle of the, the park or like doing the zombie game, which was absolutely goofy. I, I think I can't really think of an, another show that really kind of captures that same kind of, I guess, pure freedom of childhood. Like they're they, they're not going to school. They don't. I mean, they do go to school. Um, Yui, I think, goes to a separate school than the other two, and they kind of tease her about that at some point that she doesn't have friends. Um, but I mean, it doesn't really show them go to school. It's really only like when they meet together at the park or they're at the clubhouse and they go do something, and it's kind of isolated in that area. And, I, and something I don't really think I've really ever seen in another show. It's usually kind of they don't even go to their houses. I mean, they literally are only in this park, and it's kind of like I said, something I don't think I, I can really even think about another show that does something that isolated to a certain location. And uh, it's it's a real blast. I, I think it, like I said, I, I think it really does capture just these goofy, innocent scamps that are just running around the town, uh, going to the, 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 well, I guess they did go to the the museum or zoo or whatever. Yeah, the museum. Because they go, they wanted to get in the rocket. <laughs> they wanted to, they wanted to steal the rocket and the guy kind of walks up there and yells at them through the window and kind of gives a little grin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there was a lot of fun though I, I definitely I really did love this group of kids and I am sorry to see them go because this is probably one of the the most I think besides one other show probably my favorite of the entire season so it was it was an absolute treat and I like I said I was drawn to it from the art style and I got way more than I I was bargained for so I yeah, I think that I think that the zombie was the absolute perfect example of what this show is. It is an encapsulation of what what is fun about this show. Just the brilliance and how it was written, um, the how everything kind of worked out in the end. The kind of the um, the fun of the the kind of knowing how this should end and how it actually ends is is kind of undermined it it was really well done it's 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 a really well thought out little story that they pulled off in the end with it <laughs> i get a lot of kick out of that because it was it was like they're in their own little world they make this little game and then they start kind of handing out these papers and then it's so funny how their innocence and their being in their own world kind of affects the people around them they're kind of like Let's do this. All right, let's let's do this, and they kind of go along with it. Or that lady has their 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 baby or their uh, their little kid that was with them, and the kid wants to do it. So the kid grabs the paper and starts handing it out. And uh, how kind of everybody kind of starts going, hey, why not? Let's let's yep. do this kind of thing. They, they they're kind of infecting everybody, and they not so much the fact they're making them zombies, but they're infecting them and kind of drawing them to do something uh, besides their usual mundane lives. So yeah, and it makes you want to do the same when you're watching. So yep. Definitely a treat if you're looking for some fun, innocent, cute little kids just doing their own little world. It's definitely a, a treat to, to, to definitely check out. So I'm going to miss them. I'm going to miss them. Yeah. Even that that random part-timer sub- Subaru that nobody cares about. <laughs> They're like, like, I don't really care. <laughs> they were saying that how she was trying to do a part-time job to pay for something. They're like, I don't care. <laughs> okay. Guess she doesn't care. Um. All right, our next one we have is I, or I want to say I, because it's Ico. It sounds like Ico. Uh, A-I-C-O, Incarnation. This was another one that streamed on Netflix, ran for 12 episodes, done by Studio Bones. Uh, the source is original, and these dramas are action sci-fi. 
And this one follows Aiko Tachibana um, in, in a world... I guess I can probably set up the, the, the premise of it before because I go, go on to her. Um, essentially, Is in this area... Point? Because it looks... You said it jumps the shark, so... It's like the last episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, there's this research facility that's in Japan in this kind of area near the Kurobe Gorge. And this research lab is kind of the cutting edge in this kind of near future Japan uh, in this new technology of kind of making living uh, flesh that you can actually, you know, uh, ligaments that you can put on or you're placing an arm that you lost. You'd be able to actually make a almost lifelike uh, replacement arm. So like the the cutting edge of that technology. And at some point, this horrific accident happens and this they call it the burst and this this burst caused this matter, what they call matter, to kind of explode from the research facility. It like it pretty much covers this entire Kurobe Gorge. Uh, the government kind of seals off the location, um, and so yeah, every, mankind's kind of trying to recover from that. Uh, so this kind of jumps a little bit forward. You kind of follow this girl named Aiko Tachibana, who she is just recovering from an accident that happened a couple of years before, where she got in a car accident with her dad, lost her dad. Uh, you kind of find out that she lost her entire, uh, her mother and her brother from the uh, burst incident that happened. So she's lost everybody, which really sucks. But uh, so she's currently recovering. She's kind of in a wheelchair. She She's kind of learning to walk again. And at some point, this guy named Yuya Kanzaki, he transfers into the same school that she's going to. And she's kind of trying to come to grips with the loss of her family. So she's going to go get her stuff from her house. And Yuya kind of comes along to help them because they've kind of talked a little bit. And at some point, he realizes that somebody's following them. He grabs Aiko Tachibana and they run off together to this other kind of zone of the town. And you come to find out that uh, Aiko Tachibana, her body is actually made of this this synthetic material that they were researching at this plant. And that her family, her mother and her brother are still alive back inside the uh in this area which they call the uh the central point or something like that in within this matter and that they want her to help them go get her family back and to put a stop to the matter and uh yeah it kind of goes downhill from there because you kind of find out that when she got in the car accident with her dad what happened was that she was being placed into a body transfer, basically, that she was going to have her brain removed from her destroyed body from the accident and put into a synthetic body while they fixed the other body. And that triggered the burst. And it gets crazy from that point on. I won't I won't go into the rest of that stuff. But their whole point is that they have to gather this team. They're going to go into this area, feel with the matter, and try to reverse what happened. So, yeah. I think I explained that correctly. <laughs> um... Yeah, this this show. I'm going to pretty much be on the same wavelength as I was with Be the Beginning, where I liked a lot about this show. Um, actually, probably I liked a lot more about this show than I... This, this isn't like a, a 80-20 that I was kind of talking with Be the Beginning. Uh, I really liked the concept that they were kind of building with this world. I love the this whole story behind Aiko Tachibana, um, what her family was going through, um, the research facility what triggered everything. I think what this show does so well is that you're starting from this this point where you're meeting Aichi, Aiko. They're going into the place where this matter is at. And they're constantly kind of showing you 
her dreams and her flashbacks of what happened when she had the accident, what happened when the burst happened, uh, everything that she kind of recalls seeing. But also, she has a link to the matter itself, so she's seeing more things about what happened there slowly through her dreams. And Yuya is kind of watching on a regular basis because they kind of do this little... uh, The tech in this kind of story is kind of cool. Uh, Using this kind of dream syncing thing so that he can see what she's seeing in her dreams. And it's constantly kind of telling the story about what happened back then, but also kind of slowly shifting perspectives to the point that you kind of get the whole story about what happened. And for that reason, I really like this story. At the same time, there is it's mixed with this whole thing of going into the matter area. Everybody's on roller skates. They're riding around shooting things with lasers. And then they go to the next area, and they're sliding around on their rollerblades, and they're shooting more things with lasers. And then it goes into the story about Aiko Tachibana and her what she's revealing. So it is it does kind of have the element of being a mixed bag that I love a lot about this show, but there's a lot of things that's kind of like, yeah, okay, it's a little repetitive. Uh, I think, again, it is a thing of trying to mixture uh, the story with the action and the back and forth. Um, but in the end, I really did like the story they were kind of telling. The only stink that came onto this entire thing, I... I got hooked towards the later part of the first episode, and I was pretty much invested from that point on, maybe all the way through probably episode 10. Loved every bit of it. Um, I even liked the other story they were telling about um, Yuzuha, who was this other girl that was at the same research facility, um, who had a crush on Tachibana's dad. And they had this whole scene where she's playing the violin in the middle of this... this, this uh, this lobby area was really cool. I even liked her story. The problem was that, like, episode 11, it threw, like, a really bad stink in the entire thing, where it not so much jumped the shark, I think that was, like, just a way that I can really kind of throw it out there, but, like, it just kind of, it did the usual, we have to have a big bad guy. We have to, we cannot have this in like this. We have to have a big bad guy. You don't understand. We have to have an evil bad guy. You just can't have a story without a big evil bad guy. And it's almost like they just forced this guy into position, gave him this stupid, derpy, ha ha ha, I'm evil psycho grin thing going on. And it just it just put a really bad stink at the very end of this really kind of cool story. Um, if I can ignore that that exists, it was a really cool show. And I really, really enjoyed it. Like I said, especially how they slowly revealed what happened at the burst. I loved how they revealed all that stuff. I liked a lot of the characters, even though Yuya is technically the stoic, I have no emotion kind of character. Um, there's technically reasons for that, so I'll leave it at that. But I liked everything. I liked everything in the story. It was a really great show, really fantastic backstory that they unveiled. It's just, I wish 11 and 12 did not exist because it did exactly what I hate that stories do, and that is forced to have a big bad guy that they have to take out in the end. You don't have to have a big bad guy to take down at the end. You don't have to have it. Um, but it was there, so I don't think it ruins it completely. So I won't, I won't neg- negate it that much. But um, and I like the technology in it. I, I even though I do kind of joke about the roller skates, it, it was really cool seeing them kind of ride around and shooting stuff. And I liked how it wasn't just shoot kill things. They had to actually have one person. Uh, crystallize it, get a sample, give it to 
Yuya, then he had to analyze it, make bullets out of it to counter it, give the uh, send the bullets out on a a uh, a, mo- a mobile uh, device that drives out there. They would get the ammunition from that. They would plug it into their weapons, and that would allow them to crystallize the enemy. So it was like this whole kind of group effort that was constantly happening with between the characters um, that I really appreciate as well. So it, the, the action scenes were kind of cool, and they had that element added to it. Um, so yeah, it was it was a really cool show. I, I definitely, I think I, I think of all of all of them, I kind of uh, overall kind of enjoyed this one the most, just because I think, like I said, uh, I didn't care much for D- Devil Man Crybaby and. Be the beginning was kind of uh, it had about twenty percent of it. I didn't really care much for, but uh, was this the one that you were thinking about having me watch? Yeah, because I think this one, this one was less of all of the rest of them that had like pure violence. Um, I think the only thing that really kind of bogged it down a little bit was that it just had a lot of talking. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you would have enough characters that you would care much too much about on, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I think if if you if you really do connect with it, you're probably going to grab within probably three episodes. You'll know what you're getting into. But like I said, I don't think it really. You don't really get a sense of how cool the story is being told with until you get about four or five episodes into it, where it starts unraveling things. Um, but it had a pretty cool little twist towards the later parts. I think it did. I think it did plenty that was away from my expectations than I thought it would gonna, it was going to do with it because. It, de- it technically has this whole thing that it lays out at the very beginning of like, okay, she was uh, she was in an accident. They took her brain and put it into the synthetic body. And then they put her, uh, the, the synthetic body had a brain in it as well that they implanted into her body. So you do have this whole element where, where you're like, well, do, are you going to, are you, what, what's going to happen to the, <laughs> the synthetic self that has a fake brain in it or the, the, the human body that has a synthetic brain in it. What are you going to do with that kind of thing? So, but they, they did something cool with it though. So yeah, really cool. Definitely, definitely different. So I, I appreciated that as well. Um, make sure I didn't miss anything in my notes. Um, I did like a lot of the, the stuff they had with the researchers. Cause you technically did get a little bit into, uh, Tachibana's father, who was a researcher, who was this, this, uh, creative researcher, the previous generation of researchers that kind of technically opened up the doors for all of them and the synthetic bodies or synthetic uh, life form or synthetic body parts they're able to create. Um, this other guy who was Yuzuha's Yuzu, father who is trying to find a cure for her as well. Uh, it gets into their kind of mentality of, play, yeah, I guess te- they don't really get into like calling it playing God, but technically they're kind of playing God. Uh, they're... Uh, selfish desires that outweigh, um, you know, the 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 idea of putting humankind in danger. I mean, there's a whole idea of like, okay, there's this matter there. Why don't they just nuke it? Well, because th- there is this research within the labs, within that matter, that they are trying to get to. They have these people that go in there that they're called divers. Their whole thing is to go inside there and try to get the materials from the research labs in there that are just like above anything else in the entire world. That research lab was ahead of its time in the entire world at the time. So they're trying to get that information out of there. They can't just nuke it. And I, I really thought that was really cool. And they have like these, they, they turn the, uh, the other thing that was cool was they turn these, uh, these dams into what they call guillotines. So the, the, the close off points for the dams themselves are these big, huge, uh, stone slabs 
And so they like infuse it with electricity or something like that. And then, and they drop it onto the matter and it just sends out this big electrical storm throughout the entire matter. And it kind of crystallizes all temporarily. So it was kind of cool seeing that kind of every now and then they're fighting something big and they're having to rush up there, hit these panels, drop down the guillotine. And it just shocks everything. It was really cool. So cool. It sounds like it. Yep. yep. I thought it looked really good. I, this is I, again, like be the beginning. It did have an issue with the CGI uh, vehicles, but outside of that, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the vehicles they're riding in, and uh, the, when they're roller skating around, they're kind of technically doing a lot of CGI, but they they do it very well to help it blend with everything else. So they look really good. So and I liked a lot of the character designs. So yeah, moving forward, let's go into a place further in the universe. This one is Sora Yori Mo Toi Basho. This one streamed on Crunchyroll. Ran for thirteen episodes. Done by Studio Madhouse. Source is original. And these genres are slice of life adventure. This one follows Mari, who at some point is she finds a note that she wrote herself, I believe, that says basically don't graduate without kind of doing something. Right. Like go out and do something. Don't just graduate just being a student. Uh, go out and do something. And so she's trying to figure out, like, well, crap, I haven't done anything. I need to go do something. What what can I go do? And I think she like plays hooky from school and then Ditches. fails. <laughs> she fails to to ditch school. <laughs> Because she like missed a bus or, or train or something like that, um, but yeah. And at some point, she runs into this girl named Shirashi. Shirashi. Shirase. Shirase. I don't know if her name is. Uh, I'm gonna call her Shichan. Shichan. <laughs> Shichan. Shichan uh, uh, is currently trying to get to Antarctica. Uh, come to find out that her mother went there at some point, and she's trying to go there all the same. And so she's been gathering money. Everybody jokes about her because she claimed that she's going to go to Antarctica and uh, she's actually gathered the money for it. But at some point, Mari bumps into her, finds this money in an envelope that uh, Shi-Chan has been gathering to make this trip to Antarctica and goes to take it back to her and gets basically filled in on her entire story. And so Mari decides, hey, I really want to go somewhere. You're trying to go to Antarctica. That sounds really cool. I want to do that too. So the two of them start kind of figuring things out, trying to figure out how they can get to Antarctica. And um, later on, they're met with uh, Hinata, who is this part-time worker uh, who's dropped out of school, and she wants to join them as well. Uh, Yuzuki, who is this uh, child actress who is actually from her TV station, sp- supposed to go to Antarctica and do this whole thing. So this little band of uh, kids kind of getting gathered together based on either desires, uh goals or just trying to go with the flow uh to make their trip to antarctica and you later on find out that uh she chan her mother went with this particular group and they're trying to pay that particular group to allow them to join with them to make that next trip to antarctica and this whole exposition that their expedition that they're doing down there so yeah and you join them and every episode, they get you all fired up and get you crying and then ramp up the music. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, you, you go ahead for us since okay. I just came out of the review. So the 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 fun thing about this show is I've mentioned this before, the the kind of um, that that moment that, you know, this is going to be a great show. And then that moment that it just knocks it out of the park and this show cannot do anything wrong for forever. And, and this, this show had kind of a, a moment of 
I want to say it was the second episode, maybe the third episode. It just had this beautiful Sakuga moment of these girls running through the town for a certain specific reason. And it just absolutely was phenomenal. Such an emotional moment. It was such a great just grab you moment that that just said, this is a show that I want to watch. And from that moment on, it just kind of maintained itself for the rest of the show up until I want to say um, episode, is it 13 episode you said? Yeah. Um, episode 12 was just this absolute soul crushing, just slamming it out of the park. This is the abs- an absolutely phenomenal show. And then... And I, I, I looked over at Andrew when we were getting ready to watch the 13th episode. I was like, I don't know if they can even top that last episode. And I don't think they did top it, but they did definitely kind of say, look, this is we're not going to hit that. There's no way. But we acknowledge that. But we give you something to to kind of finish it off. This is a great show. And man, it did it. And it just did it wonderfully. I. I really, really love this show. It just for I and, and I and I I don't know how to better describe that middle part when it just maintained it. It just it never really hit a really super emotional high, but it and but it did definitely keep some very solid drama points. So you, you kept going. I want to see these girls do it. I I, I want to see where they get to in the next part. Man, that was pretty awesome. Let's do the next part. So it definitely maintained that all the way through. So you never really feel like you're you're getting these kind of. It wasn't a kind of draw. It just kind of maintained your. It, not a high. It just it a good solid storytelling through the rest of the show. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think we kind of beat the dead horse back when we did our first impression was like okay this is the first episode was like wow this looks really beautiful there's no way they're going to keep up with this because it's original um i don't see this early having a huge backing or anything like that there's there's nothing here that says this has to work out um and that's usually the case with a lot of, of, of originals it's like it's usually them trying to state something they get a, a quick press a passion project is thrown out there or something you never really have like Who's backing this? What, why, what's going to make sure this succeeds? I think the fact that it's Madhouse is probably a good sign to it. It's Madhouse isn't really going to mess around with something that's going to be to their name. Um, but it was, it was a really a huge surprise that even like going in the second and then third episode was like this. I think it was the third episode. I think you were saying that as well as this whole running through the city whole segment was like, wow, this looks like movie material right here this looks just just the lighting in the background um just them turning corners and running around uh the music's ramping up and they're just they're running through these different alleyways and it every single part of this whole segment is just seems like it's perfectly woven to create a perfect scene it like i said it was literally like i was out of a movie and i don't think it really hits that pinnacle of quality ever really again but it does constantly keep to these really great shots these great moments of these characters uh there's holes this mountain point where they're at this kind of mountainside and there's this this morning light coming up uh there's still plenty of moments of this show where it's like okay that's really gorgeous or uh when they're on the boat and they have this 
this big splashing wave that hits them. I think there's all these really fantastic moments that are kind of sprinkled throughout there, but nothing really is like to the epic quality that that, that certain segment was. But that's nothing negative to it. I, I think I think it it served its purpose, and there was plenty of other great parts of the entire series. Uh, every single episode seemed like it was. I, I guess if you can give it any negative, it's probably the fact that every episode seems to have like some really high climaxing point, and they make it a point to get to those climaxing points. But I don't think that's really too much of a negative to it. I think it just has a a, a beat that it's trying to get across, and it gets that point across, or it has a character that's going through something, and it gets to that point where it's resolving it, or or maybe passing it on to another episode. Um, and every single one of these moments are very high in emotion and. Uh, or comedy, or or uh, drama that me personally, I got completely enveloped into because if this show did anything uh, perfectly, it was probably just giving me this group of kids that I want to see every week. I, I I made a tweet at some point. It was it was at the point where they got splashed by the wave. Um, I took a screenshot of each one of their stupid faces, and I posted on Twitter, and I said. I love every week spending time with these stupid kids because they're just, I love them to death. I, I want, I want every week to have a moment to, to spend with these goofy little kids because they're just, they're fantastic. Um, I wanted to see them succeed. I want to see them, uh, have fun together. I want to see what they're going to do, what they're going to achieve. Um, sadly there can be only 13 episodes. I would love to see them kind of go on to college or whatever, uh, because they're so much fun to be with. They're, uh, they're a great mixture. They have a great chemistry going, Yuzuki is very insecure about herself. Uh, Hinata has kind of a deep-rooted uh, dislike for burdening people or people being burdened to her. Uh, Shirase is just kind of socially awkward, and she has issues with uh, uh, accepting help from others. Uh, she has, of course, her past that she's dealing with. Mari is kind of just uh, hyper-ginky. I'm trying to find something to do with my life before I go off into college or whatever. They all have their kind of point that they're trying to get across throughout the entire series, and it kind of hits those beats throughout the entire series one by one, or sometimes their own little problems kind of butting heads. I remember uh, specifically with Hinata and what she was dealing with, kind of clashing heads with, uh, should I say, um, at some point. So, And yeah, I think kind of mixing that in with uh, kind of the exploration of what it is to kind of make one of these trips. I, I I don't know if it's like 100% true, but I, I know a lot of the stuff they were kind of dealing with was really cool to kind of get some kind of insight into. I, I remember especially when they were talking about how they make these trips through the blizzards, how they can keep an eye on where they're going and uh, the directions they're going. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, how the boats get through all this ice. I thought that, that stuff was really cool. Uh, the life on the boats is dealing with seasickness. Technically, we didn't think they were ever going to actually get onto a boat <laughs> at some <laughs> point, but they did. Uh, they did go there. Um, spoilers, but it was it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a great little trip, and like I said, I I loved making that trip with these kids because they were just they were a treat to um, to be with every single week. Um, interesting to note that uh, the director was Atsuko Ishizuki Izuka. Uh, who did Chiaha Furu, uh, No Game No Life, Pet Girl Sakurasa, and Suki Ga, or Suki No Waltz. Uh, the script was done by Juki uh, Hanada, who did Beyond the Boundary, Nichisho, uh, Love Shinu Beyond Other Delusions, Soundophonium. So there's obviously a reason why this show did so excellent. It had some really great people behind it. So um, if you know those people, definitely check it out. Or if you love this as much as we did, definitely look at those other pieces of work. Because they are definitely of the same caliber in most cases. 
this one would be one of those that'll probably make it into a a, a a top top list at some point. It's one of those shows that I think has a message to to go out to people, whether you it, it it's 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 and I think it'll resonate with a lot of people. It's a it's a story about these girls breaking through like Andrew was saying the 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 ship breaking through this ice it, it, these girls are breaking out of mm, that's deep something. Chris yeah it, 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 that's it, deep, it is Chris. it is it's it's something that is in here and I think it'll resonate with a lot of people there's each one of these girls are breaking out of something in their own way shape or form and even some characters that may not be in the main cast they're breaking out of their their own selves it, that was there was, I, I think, a lot. There was a lot of points where it technically is is doing things that are not unique. Like, yeah, you do have a lot of cases where there's a character that never had friends and thus doesn't know what friends are like. We've seen that a lot of times. But there was a lot of cases in the story that they were dealing with certain things and they did it in a way that I wasn't really expecting. Like, there was a particular character that was the character was jealous and that character uh, pushed away. And I liked how the response was to that push away. I, I thought that was a fantastic scene. Uh, a lot of these scenes where these characters are confronting something, uh, a certain character being reintroduced to char- uh, to people from her past and how another character responded to that. These, these points were like, holy crap, there's so much emotion in this room right now and it's, it's coming out of the TV screen and hitting me. Um, the way that they portray those scenes um, are just amplified by both the music and the direction of the cameras and all that kind of, not the cameras, but the perspective of the scene itself is just very well done that I, yeah, like I said, you can, you can find it cheesy that every single episode has one of these crescendos or, or climaxes, but every single one of them resonated with me and I was sucked up into them. So now, now if you haven't gotten it, okay. It go does does some really good episodes. Does this really awesome Sakuga scene, which was very emotional, by the way, emotional episodes, which kept all the way through. And then when I say there's a soul crushing episode, episode twelve, I do mean there is a soul crushing episode, episode twelve. So, yeah, you like the drama and you like the the shows that are going to hit you and they're going to hit you hard. That's what this show is. I I do agree. Um... Of all the shows this season, um, because this was this was a season that was touted as being a big letdown. Uh, a lot of people thought there was nothing in this entire season. This is that one show. This is that if if you take nothing from me, if you don't take Be the Beginning for its crime drama, if you don't take Ico for, like I said, that kind of weaving the backstory that it did uh, with some action mixed in there, if you don't take Mitsuboshi Colors for these cute little kids that are just in their own little world, uh, take... It plays for the universe. This is the one show that I say: if you're gonna miss out on everything else, don't miss out on this one. This is that. This is this was the gem of the season. This was the one that, uh, yeah, there was a lot of people that got a lot out of the PV. I didn't really get much out of the PV. I I, I got Madhouse original, and that kind of got me excited. Uh, but it was really what they ended up telling with this entire story. The the characters that they brought out that told me this is the show of the season. This is the one that you can't miss. So, um. Yeah, this will this will be the fighter for the. We'll see, we'll see for the rest of the year, but this will be this will be one of the fighters, uh, definitely. I mean, it, it probably so far easily is going to be the originals' um, top pick there. So, 
we'll see. We'll see what else this year can can pull off. Right. I mean, we're all four things pulling off more uh, because that just means we get a really excellent. <laughs> we year. get an even better show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but it is, it is definitely a treasure that I, th- yeah, I agree. If you're, if down the line, we're talking about slice of lives or stuff like that is definitely going to be in that, that list as a, as a top pick. I don't know. That's, I, I, slice of life is a tough one because I, I think I'd love to eventually for us to do a slice of life episode. Um, but it is one of those ones that we would probably have to kind of split into three categories well, <laughs> to not make it a really long. Cause like a lot of anime has slice of life in the genres. We would really have to kind of distill, it, I guess the best term is kind of quantify it down to a simplified matter. Otherwise it would be way too big, but uh, I, yeah, that's why I'd be a lot of fun. split it into three, maybe four categories. You've got the healing, you've got the, the dramas, you've got the um, comedies, and then you've got what? Um... There's like fantasy sci-fis now, or slice of life. That's what's, that's what's kind of crazy. Like with Grimgar Fantasy Ash, we claim that one to be the pinnacle of fantasy slice of life because that show was about living in a fantasy world. Uh, like uh, Flying Witch. Yeah, Flying Witch has magic in a slice of life. Um, Mayo technically has slice. Well, not really. It's not too heavy slice of life. It's more economies, but. Uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. Our last show we have is Kokoku, Moment by Moment. This one streamed on Amazon, ran for 12 episodes, was done by Studio Jino Studio. Uh, this is one of the, I think one of the first, I think Jino-san uh, Oregon was their first one. It was one of the first ones produced by uh, Twin Engines, which is going to be huge here soon, which we were kind of talking about in our last podcast. Uh, the source is a manga. The genres are mystery, psychological, supernatural, drama, and seinen. And this one follows Juri and her dysfunctional broken family. <laughs> she has a brother who is being categorized as being an eat. He doesn't work and he just kind of sits home and plays video games all the time. Uh, her father, who is, I think, uh, just lost his job because he got injured or something like that. Uh, her nephew, who usually spends time with her father and her brother because her mother's his mother's actually working. And Jisan, who is her grandpa, who just kind of is a grandpa. <laughs> At some point, uh, they're supposed to go pick up Makoto, who is her nephew, and they decide to send Tsubasa, who is the neat brother, because he's not doing anything. Why not? So he has to get up and go out there and go pick up Makoto. And as he's coming back, this group of guys in a van jump out, and they kidnap the two of them and run off. And then they give, they call up... Uh, their family and say okay we have these two and we're going to kill them unless you bring this or you bring a million dollars yeah bring a million dollars down here otherwise you're going to kill them and they're like oh we can't we can't we can't we can't do that we can't get that much money so jury's like she's getting she's grabbing a knife and she's about to walk out the door she's like screw this i'm gonna go i'm gonna go do something <laughs> i'm not just gonna let him die uh but the g-chan he's g-chan he's like no 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 like, come 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 back here come back here he brings him back into the room and brings out this rock and sits it on the table and cuts his hand and puts the blood inside this rock and has a little small hole at the top and then boom time stops and they enter what he calls the stasis and this is like a point in time which time just freezes and they're able to move around but everybody else is still stuck and you know frozen and they decide they're going to now go to the place that they were the hostages were at grab the two of them and pull them out as they're frozen and the bad guys are frozen and then bring them back home and then unfreeze time well, when they arrive at the 
the place in question, uh, these other people start walking around uh, in the same location and attack them because they're not frozen also. So there's obviously somebody else that can exist within the stasis as well. And what they quickly find out is that as these band of bad guys that are attacking them try to kill one of them, uh, this thing that uh, Jisang calls a herald shows up, this big, huge, colossal kind of floating monster, crushes the guy's head that's uh, nearly killing somebody. Uh, these heralds show up whenever somebody is threatening the life of somebody who is still frozen, that is not able to move around the stasis. And so there's kind of this little question about what is the stasis? What are these heralds? Uh, why do these other group of people have this ability to join the stasis as well? Why aren't, why why do they end up in the same still fragment of time that they did, which is kind of unbelievable? Um, all those kind of questions are kind of thrown in the air when they start things out and trying to save the people that are kidnapped. So, yep, yeah. Starting out, this show was definitely fascinating. I I was definitely intrigued by the show. I was absorbed in it. I thought the style was cool. I thought it was uh, very mature. It was really cool. It was doing something different. Uh, I was fascinated by the heralds. I was fascinated by the stasis, trying to figure out the answers to all these kind of mysteries that they were kind of creating. Um, What are the heralds? How does other group of people end up in the same stasis as them? Um, how were they going to get out of this certain particular situation? All that kind of stuff was hitting me. I was definitely invested in the show from the very beginning. Uh, it had a cool style to it as well. I, I appreciated uh, the artwork, especially the character designs. It's definitely an artist that we love. And it, it kind of kept that intrigue for me uh, for the most part. I was really kind of... I, I like the kind of dysfunctional family element kind of thrown into a, a dire situation. Uh, Jisan's kind of uh, an, old, an old fart that kind of has a little bit of spunk to him. Jury is like, screw this, I'm going to get something done kind of a girl. I really liked her a lot. Uh, you have Sabasa who's just kind of this, this slug that really just wants to go back into his room and do nothing. Uh, Takafumi, I did not care much for. <laughs> the dad was just kind of obnoxious, goofy. Uh, but it was like this very dysfunctional family within the situation that was really kind of screwed up. But I don't think it really... The problem is that the show doesn't really do too much with it. Um, I think it was it was a fascinating idea. It was intriguing from the very beginning. I just don't think it did enough with what it kind of presented me. And it's not to say that that was a huge flunk. I did enjoy the show a lot through most of it. But I think at some point, probably halfway through it... I realized it wasn't really going to do much with it. And in the end, it kind of turned into a let's fight the big bad and try to get out of here kind of moment. It did have a pretty cool ending. I like the ending to it. Um, I like the backstory to the stasis and how they kind of tied it in with what what Jury has been experienced with it before. Um, How Shoko... I think Shoko and Jury's story was great. I liked them too. And I liked how they kind of concluded it. So the opening... Jury and Shoko, and then the ending were like my, my pinnacle points of the entire story. It was just kind of a lot of the in-betweens there, especially the second half that was kind of like, you guys didn't have enough for this. It, this th- this literally probably should have been like a four-episode, maybe a six-episode OVA. And I, th- I think probably a six-episode OVA would have been perfect because it just feels like at some point 
they were just trying to buy time. Like they, they didn't have enough. And they're like, eh, let's just kind of drag this out a little bit. Make Takafumi do something stupid for a little bit. Yeah, there you go. There, we fill some time. And that's unfortunate because this is one of those ones where it's like, this is breaking out of the mold. This is something different. This is something we don't see often. And I wanted them to do something cool with this. This is the psychological kind of stuff that I would love to see them mix into. And they kind of played a little bit into it again towards the later parts of it with Jury's kind of mentality of being stuck in this world. Um, was really fascinating. I love that element. It's just that middle second half was like, yeah, they didn't have enough here. And that's what kind of sucks. Yeah, I... I... I fell in love with the artwork and and it 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 made me want to go and research the the artists and and just kind of make an entire list of all the shows that this guy has done so that I can go and re- and do more with this guy in in the future cuz I really 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 love this character this this the character designs and everything like that. Going into the show, I I was very, very much intrigued by what they were kind of presenting. This interesting kind of the stasis world, the um, kind of the rules that they were p- putting into place. How how far can we push the rules? Kind of toying with uh, different different characters having different powers. What what can they do? And what what does that how how much of an effect does that have on the world and even does it affect the real world so all of that was vastly interesting and i do agree with andrew that there it felt like at some point we kind of got lost in there and and this is something that that can i go ahead and push through the show just because i love the artwork and that's really what i kind of ended up doing was just more watching it because i just liked the way it looked not necessarily because of the story itself which at some point yeah towards the end it kind of picked back up a little bit when we started really um focusing in on a big bad, which the big bad wasn't what was really interesting. It was the mechanics that were behind the big bad. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, because the big bad himself didn't work. It, But the mechanics behind him really were the thing that was the interesting part. And then kind of pushing towards that kind of climax, for lack of a better term, if because it really wasn't that much of a climax. And then our ending. And that that was the show. I was really kind of disappointed. Taking the whole thing in as a whole, I was disappointed. I wasn't disappointed by what I got out of it. Does that make sense? The moment of the moment was not so much a drag. It was just kind of when you look back and said, well, I didn't really do anything in that episode. And that's kind of unfortunate. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really have too much. I mean, it did. The other problem that it really kind of suffered with was towards the later half. It was kind of off model a lot. The characters, I think in the late, the late last episodes, a lot of the characters kind of like, wait, that's that character. <laughs> you have that moment of, of trying to identify characters because they look so off. I mean, they're, they're definitely distinct looking characters. So even if they are off model, you know who it really is, but it's a little bit, uh, unfortunate that it kind of loses a lot of its quality towards later parts. I don't know. I I can keep I can keep being it, but yeah. My my later point really is yeah. I I agree. I don't. I didn't. It's not that the moment to moment was lacking because I was still kind of intrigued they were going to do something else. It's just one of those things that at the end of the day you look back and you go because the entire time I was waiting for it to do something with this and it didn't do it. I turn around at the end and go, 
crap, you didn't, you didn't, you ended up not doing anything with this, and that kind of sucks. But uh, it was still intriguing to the end, and I, I definitely enjoyed it for that. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those. It, how do you how do you place it? I mean, it's like it's just above um, interesting. I mean, that's that's about the best I can say. Is cool experiment. You, yeah, it was cool. It, it it did it wasn't it wasn't one of the top shows of the year but it, it was interesting for sure I, I i really really liked it i i just wasn't it has, the a, best. It has a, a sexy outro yes definitely yeah. i mean <laughs> the artwork alone i i, I really enjoyed so but it it goes into the 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 frustration of is it this guy is it him that's the problem or is is he just getting caught up because that's what two shows for sure that we know of that for some odd reason he get gets them in and and we go dang this looks great and then towards the end we're like what happened there i mean the artist yeah i just hire him they just hire him and then everybody destroys his work I mean, like I said, I didn't, I didn't really get... I got a hint of it with the character designs throughout the show, but it was really just the outro that I'm like, that's his artwork. Like, the rest of the show, he's got an artwork that you just cannot right. keep up with. Like, Wizard Barristers, the, yeah, the first episode, totally seen it. Just couldn't keep up with it, so... Yeah. Um, like I said, I think it was a cool experiment, and I, I wish that they did something more with it. I think it was still intriguing, especially for the first half. It's just it kind of didn't really do too much with it towards the later parts and it like i said had a cool ending so had a call back to the first episode episode two also so that was cool but yeah that's that's all the show that we have this episode this this first parter of our of our of our winter 2018 anime season reviews like i said we'll have two more parts um maybe we'll kind of even binge some shows just to make sure that we can watch or can review some other ones <laughs> we'll see and like I said, we still have Violet Evergarden, which will thankfully release this week that we'll be able to binge watch and get that in the reviews as well. So that's cool. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode, this reviews, this one of the winter 2018 season. Uh, if there's any of these shows that you really enjoyed, uh, definitely let us know. Uh, we'd like to hear people's feedback. Or if you disagree, I guess you can keep that to yourself. Because <laughs> Just joking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we actually are more interested in hearing what people like about things that we end up disliking so that's like Devil Man Crybaby if you really love that show definitely tell me why um, I love to hear I like to hear when, what people like about things and that's, that's much more intriguing uh, so definitely let us know in our our little forum post for this particular podcast episode um, you can get the link from our article from the page on the front page of otakuspear.com hope you guys enjoyed and y'all take care Oh.